So this is a data episode we're talking about today. Yes, as you might have guessed by the title. Yes. Uh, so I thought we could do a little uh, dip into the Modifius database for the, the Modifius Star Trek role-playing game and yeah. check out Data's uh, entry there. Yeah. So uh, I actually double-checked that this uh, particular entry has some errata, so I, I am quoting the, oh, the corrected... the most updated... Yeah, version. the corrected version of that. So, <laughs> I like that. Just in case someone is gonna, is like trying to play the role playing the game based entirely off of our readings on um, this podcast, we gotta get them the most correct statistics. Yeah. All right. So, Data uh, is a Sung tri- a Sung type android. Sure. Um, his his values are was it what is it to be human, family matters, vast repository of information, and know a man by his friends. Hmm. Um, it's his attributes. Um, so seven is quite low for a, for a, one of these characters, and twelve is high. His attributes: he's got a ten in control, eleven in fitness. Seems like he should have a twelve in fitness, personally. Yeah, I don't. I think that's kind of like, sort of like superhuman. Yeah. Degree of like strength in that, but. Uh, eight in presence, eight in daring, seven in insight, which I think is fair, and. 12 in reason. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a, he's a, that makes sense. He's a computer. Yeah. I mean, his disciplines have been errated. Um, so his disciplines are... He's got a 3 in command. I think, I think this will go from 1 to 5, I think. 1 to 4 or 1 to 5. Okay. Uh, 1 to 5, yeah. So he's got a 3 in command, a 2 in con, a 2 in security, a 4 in engineering, a 4 in science. I don't know, those... One of those seems like there should be a five. Yeah. And a, and a one in medicine, which also seems kind of low. Yeah. Uh, I guess it is one of those things, like, you presumably still have to create, like, a balanced character. So you have to pick something in, like, a character that kind of by definition is designed to be perfect. <laughs> well, I would, I would drop his command down from three. Like... I don't know. Like, like, I think they've talked about that. Where it's like he's not necessarily always going to be good at command because he doesn't make choices emotionally. You know, like, yeah, or, or he, like he doesn't make choices based on like his gut take, like, or the anything like that. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Security too. That seems fine to me too because like he also same kind of same thing. Like he even though he's very strong, like he sometimes will let himself be. Yeah, he's not like tactical. tricked or whatever because he doesn't understand necessarily how yeah, humans work. All that's time. fair. Um, so his focuses are astrophysics, computer, cybernetics, spatial phenomena, quantum mechanics, and warp field dynamics. His talents are polyalloy construction, which, um... It seems like a very, like, it would be a very specific situation that that would come into play. Well, well, what that means in the, mechanically, is that he doesn't have, he doesn't have to breathe, um, he can... He oh, resist. like he is constructed of poly- Okay. Yeah. I thought it meant that like to... he was good at like doing things with poly alloys. No, like, no, no, no. Okay, yeah, so he, he doesn't sense. have he doesn't have to sense. breathe. He can he can he can resist uh, extreme heat and extreme cold. Yeah. Doesn't experience pain. Uh, has plus three resistance against non-lethal attacks, um, etc. Okay. Uh, yeah. brain, which uh, he gets one automatic success on all tasks using reason. Um, that's kind of cool. Okay, uh, I guess that does maybe make up a little bit for it not being like a 
like a maximum score is that you do get at least one just like well he he's maxed in reason he, he he's not maxed in, he's maxed fitness. in fitness he's not maxed in okay. fitness got yeah it, got it. uh technical expertise which lets him re-roll a die when he's doing computer or sensor checks uh veteran um which lets him roll determination better and yeah that's about it he's got the typical the typical stuff but yeah, kind of an interesting little character. Um, yeah. uh, this the um, this particular uh, uh, supplement gives you like the stats for a soon type androids, which I think means that you can you can play as a soon oh, type so android like in the game. Oh, interesting. At that okay. Point. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's the same. If you go to like the the Voyager one, I think it gives you. You can be like a. A hologram. A hologram. And I think an Ocampa, too. And I think the DS9 one lets you be a, a Ferengi or a Cardassian. So. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so that's Data. Uh, and let's let's see, you know, how much all of these stats are, are borne out in this... Uh, <laughs> right. In this upcoming episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady's Jungle. And today we are watching Elementary Dear Data, which is Season 2, Episode 3 of Next Generation. Uh, it is written by Brian Allen Lane and directed by Rob Bowman. I don't recognize either of those names. No, me neither. Uh, but this was during a period where they were still having a lot of just kind of jobbers come in to do stuff on the show. So... Uh, the Enterprise is threatened when a character in Data and LaForge's holodeck simulation becomes sentient. Um, this is the Memory Alpha synopsis. Uh, this is, according to Memory Alpha, this is part one of two of the Professor James Moriarty arc. Uh, the, the other half of the arc happening four seasons later uh, in Ship in a Bottle. Yeah, I did, I did actually, after that, like, I went and, like, I didn't watch it, but I went and read the, like, a little synopsis of Ship in a Bottle to remember, like, what he does when he comes back. Yeah. I'm just looking. Uh, Brian Allen Lane. Um, this is the only episode of uh, Trek that he ever wrote. And let's see, Rob Bowman. Rob Bowman directed 13 episodes of TNG, so he's he's got some other credits. I wonder if he did anything really good. This episode, I would say, is not really good. It's like fun, but yeah, it's fun. It's I would say it's pretty like on par for like season two of TNG. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at Rob Bowman's credits, and he directed almost all of his credits are in one in season one and two. Not so nothing like really great, I would say. Okay. Yeah. He also directed he directed the Clip Show episode, so that's uh, a does does that really dark count? Mark. I mean, that's not real. That's not his fault. It's not like he was like, "What if we did a Clip Show?" You know. Yeah. Um. Uh. Okay. Anyway, how can you? I, I guess that that is what like speaking of. I guess this is something we were talking about in the last episode, but if you're going to talk about like the worst episode of Star Trek, I don't know how you like any discussion doesn't begin and end with the fact that they just did two seasons in or like a season and a half into the show. They decided to do a clip show. I I mean, I'm more forgiving of like the idea of doing a clip show because it's like, you know, you and I both were kids in the nineties. Like, you know what that's like. Yeah. That was the thing, I guess. Yeah. the thing about it that sucks is that it's the finale of season two. Like that's that's the thing that's bad, <laughs> is that it's the season finale of a show. Like you don't do a clip show in the last episode of a show, right? Um, but 
Anyway, one day we'll talk about that episode. So yeah, um, not but not yet. But not today. This today is not that day. Yeah. So today is the day you're going to take us in to talk about elementary deer data, which is yeah. You know, it's it's fine. It's fine. It's good. It's good. It's fun. You know. Yeah. I would say it has like uh, some bright spots. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I do like how it starts out with basically like. They don't even, like, attempt to make an excuse for it. It just starts out with Jordy being like, Hey, Data, let's go play on the holodeck. And, <laughs> like, this is what we're doing now for fun. Um, well, because Data has been bugging Jordy to play to do this with him. Yeah, because Data's, like, a big fan of, like, re- has, like, read all of the Sherlock Holmes stories and memorized them and is like, I want to, like, go do Sherlock Holmes on the holodeck. Yeah. <laughs> so they go, they go play on the, they go play on the holodeck and yeah. And this is still like early enough in TNG when they're still kind of in that, like everyone's very impressed by the holodeck and like, yeah, spends like a significant oh, amount so of time real. talking about how cool it is and how real yeah. everything seems. Yeah. Uh, I feel like happens a couple times in this episode. Like there's definitely a, a sequence of just them like looking around Sherlock Holmes's office and like being like, look, <laughs> it really looks like an office. Yeah, <laughs> it's Sherlock Holmes's violin, or like Data, and and this is also I think to establish like how familiar Data is with all of the like published works that he like kind of pulls all these like little like knickknacks off the wall and be like, ah, this is from the adventure of like the the, Red the five League. pips or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, so how how are you? What, what's your what's your level of familiarity? Are you like do you like Sherlock Holmes? Are you a Sherlock Holmes guy? I do. I I actually so I probably when I was in like middle or high school, I got like a bit a book that's like the collection of all of the Sherlock Holmes stories and read through all of them, and like enjoy like all the stories and stuff. I haven't seen I, most of the like. I know now there's a bunch of like various TV shows or movies or that that I'm not as familiar with, but yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed all of like reading all of the original like stories. Um, I don't know how many of them I remember now, but. I read a lot of them. There's a lot of them I don't think I read. Did you read all like the no- the four novels and stuff too? Yeah, I did. The novels I, I think th- are actually like qu- pretty like quite good. Um, I've yeah, read the stories one or two of those. Hit or miss, but yeah, yeah, it's fun. I, I I I like. I haven't read any of them in an age, but I I generally I have a fondness for them. Yeah, I mean, I think it was also like that was kind of. I definitely had that period of life where I was just like decided I would read, like I will read like all of the Sherlock Holmes and then it's just like I will read like the complete works of Hemingway or something like that mm-hmm. like reading things mm-hmm. like because I thought they were important but Sherlock Holmes I did actually really enjoy I remember so I come at it I think from like just the I like a mystery I yeah. was super into like Encyclopedia Brown when I was young and yep. like I think this yeah. this definitely scratches that same itch that reminds me this is I, I this is not really related to this episode but I just have to tell the story because I think it's a funny story that I like to tell when I when I, when Encyclopedia Brown comes up Okay. Have I ever told you about how one time I got an Encyclopedia Brown book from the library and someone had kind of like a definitely a Christian and an evangelical Christian person had well actually one of the mysteries in the book? <laughs> oh no. You've um, not told me about this, no. Uh so if you recall, I believe I believe his name is Bugs Meany is the um is like the kind of recurring Villain of Encyclopedia Run. Yes, I mean, and, I, I, until you said that, I wouldn't have remembered that. But yeah, that immediately like rings a bell as soon as you say it. Yep. Yeah. So Encyclopedia Brown doesn't he those... wear like a like jughead hat? 
I that I don't remember. I, I, I but so for for those like of you who are not our age, um, or I guess I, it's not gonna be your actually like a lot older than we are actually. Oh, it's but um, yeah. but uh, like my kids don't know what it is though. I don't think it's as big of a thing anymore. But um, but. Uh, Encyclopedia Brown is these books. They're like these collections of short stories where Encyclopedia Brown is like kind of a Sherlock Holmes-esque uh, child from, I think, like the 50s or 60s, uh, I think is when most of the books were originally written. But um, they're these stories where he has to solve these little, like, kind of like very low-stakes crimes around his neighborhood, and they always end with him being like, Actually, I figured out the mystery, and he says something kind of like cryptic, and then you're like, "What was the mystery?" And then you you turn to the back of the book, and it tells you. Yeah, like it, it's like if you figured it out, like check the you know, yeah the back to like see if you were right or something like that. It's sort of like a, like Slylock Fox type. Yeah, and I was always very bad at. It. I don't know, I don't know that I ever actually solved one of the mysteries as a child, you know, before going and looking up the answer, but. Um, but I remember one time I got one of the books from the library, and I don't remember what exactly the mystery pertained to, but the the reason that he it, it involved a cave painting of some kind. Do you remember this? There was like a I cave don't painting. This one now, but... I, I believe it was a cave painting that Bugs Meaty claimed to have found, uh, like that was like an ancient cave painting. Okay. Yeah. And um and he was trying to charge money to see it, or so, I don't remember something along those lines, and. Basically, the the story hinges on Encyclopedia Brown proving that it's not that it was not a real cave painting; that it was something that Bugs Meany had created. Okay. And the reason why he's able to determine this is because the the painting has a, like a ancient man in it with dinosaurs, and since ancient man and dinosaurs uh, do not yeah, exist like in the same like time period, or, yeah, yeah, that's why it was real. And so then there was somebody who had like written below the little answer in the library book like well actually the you know the earth actually there's provable the earth is only 6000 years old and <laughs> and uh, the you know so this like is Adam why... and Eve were created only a day after the dinosaurs right so they did they could have totally existed at the same time and it's just like this it's such a funny thing to think about now just that like someone was like this will show them you know like I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll write in this library book like I'll deface this library book with some Stuff that I, you know, that I looked up on Kent Hovind's website, you know. Uh, right. uh, I learned but, at the uh, Creation Museum in uh, yeah. Where I think we're narrow casting at this point, but that was, that's that's <laughs> what I think of now. I think about it's like a pretty brown. I just have a very strong memory Fair of just enough. like reading that story, and I think probably at that time, you know, I was pretty young, so I probably was like very on board. I was like, oh yeah, you really showed them. <laughs> yeah, like I'm glad that that someone put the the truth in here. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's a that was a tangent, but just a, a fun look back at like yeah. the, the world that Brady and I grew up in. So um, yeah, yes, yeah, so I, I like Sherlock Holmes though. So I, you know, <laughs> all, all that being said, yeah. Um, so they they spend a little time just kind of like marveling at the the holodeck in Sherlock Holmes' office, and then you know the inspector comes in and kind of starts to introduce the case and. Lestrade. Yeah, and like clearly, like because Data has read the story that this one comes from, he kind of immediately like expose, like sort of like tells what 
the answer is. And he's like, it was actually this man who did it the whole time. And because like this, he has this. And he was going to blackmail this person with that. And and Jordy gets like frustrated and walk. I, I do. This, <laughs> Jordy this gets, scene like, is immediately <laughs> goes from like zero to sixty, of <laughs> like just walking off. Yeah, I, I think we're going to get into how mean uh, Pulaski is in this episode very shortly. Yeah, but I think this scene is crazy where Jordy gets so angry at this and just storms out. So f- just, yeah, with like no like, like no kind of build up or like indicator. Like before that, he's just kind of like sitting down, like enjoying. Like he like starts like writing, like because he's pre- uh, Jordy's pretending to be Watson in these kind of like things that they're living out and so he's like well what so like what do i do and and you know data is like well you you know kind of record everything holmes does because you're going to write a book about it someday and so he like sits down and like writes kind of the beginning of one of the home stories where he talks about like holmes playing the violin and that and like seems to be kind of just as into it which is funny because like if i was in this position like when you told me like well your job i saw the mystery and your job is just to write it down like that's when i would be like well that's yeah, and, like, he doesn't really have any sort of, like, annoyed reaction to that. And, like, just kind of, like, gets in, like, settles into the role. And then Data does his big, like, reveal where... I mean, this is very much, like, an episode where, like, Brent Spiner just gets to ham it up as much as he possibly yeah. can. Almost like always a good good sign when that gets to happen. Yeah. Um, and he kind of, like, does this thing, and then Jordy just, like, jumps up being, like... No, this isn't how it's supposed to go. And like, I'm yeah. leaving, and like, literally, like storms out the door. He like, he kind of like throws a little tantrum, yeah. And you're just like, just out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I feel like you you should have like built in a little bit of like building frustration to that point, instead of him going from like having a great time to just being like, this is like you'd always do this, or like you don't get it, do you? Um, yeah. And then he does explain it to him in the next scene, and it's like, just say that. Like, like I, you know, you don't need to, like, throw a big fit. Yeah. And I guess that they, like, had to get them... I, it, it seems... There do seem to be a few things that happen in this episode, because, like... Like, you had to get... Like, move the characters in space to a different, like, part... Like, area, and so you, like, had to come up with an excuse for them to do that. And so, you like, there's, I think, multiple times where it's just like, we are leaving the holodeck now so that we can interact with, like, with another character on the show that's not in this scene. Um, because, yeah, because they go to, I guess, presumably 10 forward, and they're, like, kind of sitting at a table talking about it, and Jordy's explaining, like, no, like, the fun isn't the... isn't just, like, knowing the answer and, like, skipping straight to the end. The fun is, like, trying to figure it out along the way and kind of explaining to Data why this is the case. And Data's like, but I've read the book, and, like, the best part of the book's the end. And so I just, like... I knew what happened, so why would I, like, pretend I didn't know what happened? Um, and then, like, Pulaski, who's kind of, like, sitting at the bar behind them, just sort of starts, like, kind of mocking Data of just, like, oh, he's just, you know... Really going of, hard on him. Yeah, she gets this real, is the, This is only the third episode that she's on, so they're really, they're really I think, pushing to establish that, that she's got an antagonistic relationship with Data, doesn't think he's a real guy. Yeah, because she's just like, oh, he's just like a bunch of like ones and zeros and just like, you know, we'll just spit back kind of whatever's programmed into him, but doesn't can't actually do any like real thinking. And they sort of get into this argument of like, can Data do actual deductive reasoning or is he just sort of like kind of like 
pattern recognition or like kind of regurgitating data that's been inserted, which I feel like they, they kind of get into, she's like, you, your gears would explode if you ever had to face like a real mystery. And I'm, I'm just like, I feel like data solves mysteries all the time or like solves problems all the time, like in real life. Yeah, this isn't really like in like his job on the ship is like like he solves problems. It's not like he's just always he's not just like a computer bank. Like he does like thinking and reasoning and de- deduction in that in well, like how he solves things. Yeah, I mean like her her whole argument doesn't really hold up to any kind of scrutiny at all because like so she says like he doesn't understand the human soul, which is like okay, that's that that I could buy that as like a potential thing you could say about data. But she basically says that, like, what a detective does is, like, take information and put it together, like, find connections between it to come up with, like, what really happened. And it's like, yeah, like a computer does. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not, yeah. like, like that's, that's, like, what computers do, especially you'd think more, even more so at this time period that the show is set in. You know, like, yeah. it doesn't, uh, like, the reason why... Not every crime gets solved is because people are fallible. You know what yeah, I mean? like, like kind of like, have assumptions or that that they can't just like look at sort of the raw data. Yeah, p- p- you know, potentially if you gave if there was a computer with enough processing power that you that like had all the information you would require, that would make it better at solving mysteries than a human. I would think. Um, yeah, but. like like sort of like the Encyclopedia Brown type thing, right? Like the, you, presumably you could write an AI that you could just like insert like, all of the like details of a story, like put a, a story into like a home story or an Encyclopedia Brown story, and it would be like, oh well, like this is the th- the thing that's incorrect in that. So like yeah, and it, I think it's like it does approach. I think an interesting question of, and I guess like kind of is the the fundamental question of data of like that. I think is becoming more and more of a like relevant thing with kind of artificial intelligence and what it can do now of like, what is the distinction between just like sort of like pattern recognition and like applying that versus actual like thinking and reasoning. Yeah. Um, And like, if you right like if you can simulate like thinking and reasoning closely enough, like how close do you be before it just like becomes actually thinking and becomes actual intelligence mm-hmm. um or like creativity or that um i do also like in that scene there's a great little subtle thing prince spiner does because there's you know jordy and and Pulaski are kind of arguing about him and, and at one point jordy's like but like you know deductive reasoning is is one of like data's strong points and they they sort of like they're shooting with like Pulaski in the foreground and like jordy and data kind of behind her and like you can see data give just like this little like proud smile that's just like so cute on him yeah, i don't know this this is definitely one of those episodes where i'm like how can you say, say that this guy doesn't have emotion you know like i was really thinking about like the whole episode where it's like yeah he's clearly like very proud of himself and like you know like wants to prove that he can do this thing and he's not yeah. really hurt by her by her accusations, but, like, he definitely... But he is, though, I feel like, yeah. Yeah, like, he, he definitely, he wants to 
he wants to prove her wrong. Like defend himself. Yeah. He has like a person. He has a personal pride in this episode, and also like he clearly like why would he ask Jordy to do this if it wasn't fun for him? You know what I mean? Like he clearly. Yeah, it has a sense of he's like, like fun. He's yeah. experiencing happiness by participating in this thing. Like, uh, yeah, he's so clearly like enjoying himself the whole time. Yeah. So this scene is followed by like kind of a weirdly, I think, kind of a strangely unnecessary little interlude where they go back into the holodeck and yeah, and they're just like, well, what if the computer like generated, like we like fed it all of the Doyle, like the Arthur Conan Doyle stories, and it like generated a new mystery. But then it just kind of, like, combines two mysteries. It's just, like, it's the same, like, character from the Red-Headed League, but he gets murdered by the snake from a different story. Yeah. And, like, it, Data still solves it just as quick, because it's basically the same thing. It's still just, like, oh, it's, like, these two things from these books I've read. Yeah. Which is, I, I don't really know why that, that scene is there, because other than just to fill time... Although it does, yeah. it does lead to a thing that just made Kim and I laugh, which is where he, after he solves it, um, Pulaski just goes, just yells, "Fraud, fraud!" <laughs> We're like, yeah. "Fraud!" What? Like, calm down! Like, <laughs> yeah, Pulaski just is like coming after Data for like all of this, and it's like it's not even like she's like making it seem like. Data and the computer worked together. It's like it's not fraud. Yeah. It's not like it's not like they yeah. were inspiring. This is uh, lazy writing. That's all. Yeah. So after this, like probably like two minute yeah. interlude, then. Yeah, and I forget if it's here or like when she kind of first like challenges him to like solve a real mystery that she gets to, like say the name of the episode. They they have a very much like hey that's the name of the show yeah type, yeah. type thing where she's like. Well, would you be able to solve it or not? The answer is elementary, my dear Data. And it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I see what you did there. <laughs> um, so this, this, this is the part of the show where we really start getting into, like, the thing that always drives my wife crazy about uh, Star Trek. Especially, especially, like, the the 90s era, which is just, that, like, how does the holodeck work and why does anyone ever use it? Because... Uh-huh. Because the sequence of events, I think, is important too. Because it's like, so they're like, "All right, well, we need to. We, we're going to. We're going to tell the computer to make it harder. Yeah, to make to make an original mystery that is capable of defeating data. Yeah, and well, specifically uh, creating like an enemy, like an adversary. I think is what, right? Like we need yeah. like a villain that is like capable of, yeah, like defeating data. And the computer's just like, okay. But then, is this, I think this is, like, one of the things where it's like, this doesn't make any sense, because before this happens, before Jordy says that, they're like, all right, well, let's go call up the Arch. Yeah. So they say Arch, and then the character we will later discover is Moriarty sees them do this, and he's like, what's going on? And it's like, they, they have not told the computer to make, like, a sentient guy yet. And so it's like, why is he the only one who is seeing this and why doesn't that happen anytime anyone ever does this like like this <laughs> right. is the only time in outside of i guess like the one episode in season one of of tng where like a couple of the characters try to go outside the holodeck and then disintegrate but like that's a little different yeah. because like they're like calling attention to it you know like like yeah this is like why and why doesn't anytime anyone ever leave a holodeck someone's like what the or like what the hell is that like that yeah um so this is like even yeah even before this happens he is already demonstrating some sort of self-awareness yeah my sort of like again like this isn't at all stated but my kind of like headcanon in this part was that like 
because Moriarty is shown to be already there before like Jordy tells the computer to create him. So like my my thought was that he was actually going to be part of like whatever this like sec that like kind of second mystery yeah. that they just sort of like call it quits on immediately was like actually going to be more complicated than what they think it was and like Moriarty was gonna play like the computer had already made this like Moriarty character that was gonna play a part in that mystery sure. that was something they weren't expecting. I can um, see that. But again, that's entirely just me like making up an excuse for him to be there because they don't ever say like, yeah. But yeah, so Moriarty like sees them do that. And then when Jordy tells the computer like make a like a villain that's capable of defeating data. And I think what, what they sort of later call attention to is that like he said he didn't say that it's capable of defeating like Sherlock Holmes but he said like specifically data and so the computer decides the only way to do that is to make a like equally like sentient self-aware character that like also Could can control data. the ship like, and then yeah. also like turns off the safety protocols on the holodeck yeah it's very dumb and th- well so then they show Moriarty who was like already there is suddenly like wow, I feel so much more powerful now. Um, and then he says, and then he says, Arch, and, which, and then it turns out, which again, yeah. doesn't make any sense. It's like, are, are, is no one, do holodeck characters just never say Arch? The word Arch. Well, I think it's, I, mean? I think it's that like, because he is like, he's been essentially like given the power of a person. Yeah. In the computer's mind. <laughs> I don't know. I, Again, I, I do like this episode. But I just think it's, it's very credit. dumb. Like it's a yeah. very dumb episode. Because yeah, because then later on, like Jordy's like, "Oh man, I can't believe I was so." But it's like this. In no way should Jordy think that this is his fault. Like it's it's like yeah, it's like, like just because he the said the word data, the computer's just like, oh, yeah. They're like the computer has the capability to like make a holodeck character that is like able to kill someone just because they were told to. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that should be against, like, Asimov's, you know, rules of robotics or something, you know? Yeah, I think <laughs> <But> so. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's, I mean, again, I, I like this episode. It's just, it's just very silly. Um, yeah. So basically, yeah, so, so Moriarty decides to kidnap Pulaski. And the mystery becomes, it's not really very much of a mystery. It's just, like, that is something that's kind of... The kind of interesting is because, like, it, it becomes basically, like, the challenge to Data is basically just that, like, the computer made a sentient per- person. Yeah. That, that is, like, questioning his own existence and is aware that he is in a computer program and is kind of, like, freaking out. <laughs> and so Yeah, like, basically. The, <laughs> yeah, is like, has a very much, like, crisis of existence yeah. upon beginning to exist. <laughs> Yeah, um, which is that is that is like kind of funny that like the computer's like, and, right, and well. I feel like it's it is kind of weird. Like it's not that it's like fully like two separate episodes, but it's definitely an episode I feel like where the focus completely shifts halfway through. Because the first half of the episode is all about like data and like can data actually reason and can data solve a mystery and like you know kind of that whole thing or you know what's the fun in it and like data kind of going through these different things and then as soon as they create Moriarty. Like, it's not really about data anymore. Like, it's just all about Moriarty and his, like, 
sentience, essentially, and like self-awareness. Yeah, because they, they kind of like are trying to figure out where Plasky is, and they find him. Yeah, so they kind of like track her for a while, and like Data gets to do some actual deduction, right? Because they like listen to the footsteps, and he's like, it's like, you know, one guy's taller than the other, and like the tall one's carrying a person who's struggling, so like that must be her. And like they kind of follow them and end up leading them to Moriarty's hideout or whatever. Yeah, and then Moriarty, Moriarty hands Data a drawing of the Enterprise, and then, then Data's like, oh no, like this is not good. Yeah, because Moriarty's like, I've been like, you know, trying to get information from the computer, but is still at this point like, everything is kind of being processed through the understanding of someone from like Victorian era England. Yeah. And so he's just like, this person called computer and he's telling me these things and and like apparently i am just like on this and like hands him a picture of the enterprise and and he's just like kind of immediately like grasps the implications and it's just like we have to go and they like go and kind of tell the captain um then they kind of like are trying to figure out what's going on they're like moriarty apparently knows that he's on a spaceship and also I think is already established by this point that he like has the ability to control the ship like he's sort of like shaken the bridge a few times he, he makes this little like steampunk lever that he can yeah. like pull the <laughs> it just, lever like, makes and it the makes the ship, ship rock freak back out. and forth <laughs> yeah. um, but has also like taken over the holodeck like system so they, they can't just like you know, like, stop the program or, like, delete Moriarty or anything like that. Um, that he's, like, locked them out of accessing the holodeck. And this is the, when they're, like, trying to come up with, like, how do we stop him? I was just like, can't they just, like, physically break or, like, turn off or unplug the actual, like, projectors? Like, you would think that'd be a thing, right? Because, like, it, presumably the holodeck is a bunch of, like, right? Like, it's this grid of, like, things that project light. So, like, is there no way to unplug those or even just, like, break them because the only thing they come up with is Jordy's like well if we bombard the whole holodeck with like a particle beam it would dissipate all of the like and kill Pulaski yeah yeah, it would dissipate all of like the holograms but it would also like disintegrate Pulaski and they're just like okay well we're not doing that one yeah they don't really they don't really like discuss like well I think because I think the implication is that like it wouldn't like the computer like won't let them do that because because I think they, they they try to turn it off earlier I think and it, yeah. the computer won't let I'm them. just saying couldn't you like go behind it with a hammer and just sure. start like knocking out all of the like the actual like cameras that are projecting light or whatever I don't know yeah um all but yeah so, so so they're like okay well you know we have to go back and Picard is just like okay well like I'm getting involved now <laughs> and my favorite literally my favorite part of the whole episode is when Picard decides he's going to go, and he's just like, well, of course, I have to, like, get into costume. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, are you, are you sure you, you shouldn't just, like, go? And he's like, no, no, no. I, I definitely have to, like, dress up as, in, like, Victorian era. Uh, this also is a bummer scene. There's a bummer scene, though, because Worf also dresses up, and then... But then never gets to go in. He never gets to go inside. <laughs> he's just like, I'll be out here just in case. So yeah, like, he shows up. Why aren't like you this, in like, there just in nice case? Suit and gloves and everything. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I love how how Picard is just like, no, I I definitely need to need to go dress up like for for reasons probably. Yeah. Um. I think he says he doesn't he doesn't want to like make it even more like 
Yeah, the excuse they use is that, like, because Moriarty. Moriarty clearly is... Because like, I think there's, like, a thing... Like, there's something in the program where, we're like, usually the holodeck... Like, the characters in the holodeck will just kind of accept your appearance. So, like, if Worf goes in, no one's going to be like, oh, my goodness, you have all this, like, weird stuff on your forehead that just kind of, like, accept that that's what he looks like. Or that you can show up, like, wearing your Starfleet uniform, and someone might be like... So yeah. colorful clothes you got there and you're just like oh yeah this is what I wear and they're like okay like the people don't kind of like real people don't seem out of character but but they're like well Moriarty clearly like knows enough of what's going on that he would notice that you're wearing something that like doesn't make sense yeah although this does this episode and the previous episode we watched which has there's a little scene at the beginning where Tom Paris and Harry Cameron wearing hockey uniforms um, <laughs> like it is that classic thing where of, of like, do you have to wear outfits or not? Because I do feel like sometimes you people just like their holodeck stuff like appears on them. They don't have to like go in. Like, but when you just like start, you just like start like start cowboy program, and then you like yeah, have and a you cowboy, are a cowboy. Hat on. Yeah, and other times it's like, do they have like, are they using replicator rations to like? To, like, replicate the hockey uniforms, or, like, do they have, like, a costume room, you know? Like, what's the... Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, they never really get into it, but... No. That, that, that's very inconsistent, especially, I feel like, in early TNG. But, again, I mean, we saw that in, Inter- in, late, in like, late Enterprise, too. It's just, like, they're very... It's very, like, hit or miss. It almost seems like usually the people who do dress up, they're doing it just because they like to do it. For fun, yeah. But, like... Like, certainly, like, Picard loves dressing up, and I think, you know, you see, like, like Tom Paris loves dressing up. You see later on, yeah. uh, like, in DS9, like, that uh, Bashir and O'Brien like dressing up, you know? But, uh, yeah, and then this is, like, the scene, this is, like, where uh, Patrick Stewart gets to do his acting for the episode, um, which is, like, good. He yes. does a good job. Which is good. And I think, I will say that, like, I think uh, Daniel Davis, who plays Moriarty, is also really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um I think I think this is definitely one where like I think the last scene was just was very well played, um, because like they go there and you're kind of expecting this like showdown and basically Moriarty, who has kind of like continued to learn and grow and knows more already by this point, is just like I know what's going on. I'm a hologram that was like generated by a computer, mm-hmm. but also. I now am, like, I'm self-aware, and I am capable of, like, thinking and reasoning and learning and growing and changing independently. So, like, doesn't that make me real? Or, like, like am I a sentient? Am I a person now? And he even, like, kind of points to Data of just, like, Data is, like, a computer and a machine. And, like, you say that he's real because he does all these things. And, like, I am capable of doing all these things, too. I just am... Which and it's like an interesting thing because it's not really revisited until like Voyager, when they do clearly like establish that the Doctor is like a, although he's a hologram is like a real person, because it's kind of trying to like make that case now and 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 that is I think always an interesting you know clearly like a well that Star Trek will go to repeatedly but like is always interesting when they do of like what is it that makes sentience or makes like a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he like releases Pulaski and he's like no I'm not going to like hurt any of you or like destroy the ship but I still like and, and essentially just kind of like hands himself over just like I 
realized that like because I'm limited to this hollow deck, I essentially have like no power or way to leave. So like I have to just trust you to like find some way to allow me to like go out into the world and like experience the world and Picard's like, yes, I promise that we'll do that, and kind of like saves him into like a memory file, um, mm-hmm. so that his program will be like stored for, like if they ever do figure out a way to, which I I, I do now kind of want, and I get that this like is not the vibe of Picard at all, but I do want an episode of Picard now where they like use the technology from the Doctor's mobile emitter and like bring back Moriarty instead of just kind of like having forgotten about him for like 20 years or whatever (laughs) yeah and then they kill him though at the end yeah i guess that that then maybe it would be a picard thing but yeah because it does it is kind of one of those things that happens i feel like in television where like they sort of save him away and they're just like we like he's like don't forget about me and they're like we promise we won't forget about you like we'll definitely figure out a way to like make you real and then they immediately forget about him and he's like never mentioned again except for that one episode (laughs) later on in TNG where he tries to take over the ship again. The thing about this episode, I, I think I think the reason why I like this episode in, in the end is that like, it is like this kind of strangely sweet non-conflict conflict at the end where it's like, cause you, because he's Moriarty, you do expect him to be like evil. Yeah, you expect like a big showdown. Um, and then it's just him being like, well, I'm alive. Like, like, yeah. acknowledge that I'm alive. What do we and, do now? Sure. Like, I guess I was threatening your order, but like, I'm not do. I'm not hurting Pulaski. Like, I don't want to do anything. Just like, let me be alive. That's all I want. And they're like, Oh yeah, you're right. Like, and, and we'll we'll yeah, we'll do our best. And then and then he like surrenders basically. You know, and then they do. And like, it's just and it's just I don't know. It's just like kind of like sweet. You know, and then and then. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, like then and later on, they weirdly like you know like like basically like if I recall, it's been a while since I've seen the the other episode with him, but like basically like the reason why he comes back, I think, is he's like, hey, you know, you guys said that you would help me out, and it's been like four years, and I haven't heard from you. Yeah. Like, what the heck? Like, and then and then basically that episode ends with them being like, we we sent him to heaven. You know, like I don't know. It's it's it's. Uh, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So, anyway. A fun little episode. I, I thought it was good. Yeah. It's it's definitely, like, far from being, like, super deep or compelling or that. But it's just, it, it's a lot of fun. They're good actors playing fun characters. Which, yeah, I think is, like, something that, like, gets TNG, I think, very far. is just how yeah. how much you, like, like the characters and the people playing them and, like, yeah. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Um, we do this every other week, so in a couple of weeks we'll be back. A couple of Sundays we'll be back with Masks, which is Star Trek TNG Season 7, Episode 17. I actually, when you were talking about this, I couldn't think of what the episode this was, and I looked it up, and I still don't really remember. Like, I, I'm like, I guess I kind of right. remember this. Which is not like a great sign, I think, but we'll, we'll see. Maybe, yeah. maybe it'll be good. Season seven, I think some people think it's a kind of a downturn for, for TNG a little bit, but I like. It. There's some good season episodes, so we'll see. Yeah, um, and I think this is going to be. We don't have any um, more Enterprise episodes on the horizon for once, but we have yeah. a good amount more TNG coming up. So if you're a TNG fan, get excited because uh, in the next few months you'll be seeing 
quite a lot of TNG from us. So, uh, so yeah, thanks everybody for listening. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Contracts. You can email us out at Contracts at gmail.com. You can visit our website at outofcontracts.pinebeat.com. Or you can visit us on YouTube at Out of Contracts. Contracts is spelled C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S. You can also check out the other shows on the Kaleidoscope Media Podcast Network. There is Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. There is... That's not science, which is a science and pop culture podcast, and there's Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. I do feel like I have to say periodically, and just as of late, the news does dictate that I say again that like the people who run the Wizard Studies podcast are not—they're not pro rowling people. They're pro, they like Harry Potter, but <laughs> like, like the, uh, the the property and the yeah yeah picture. they're not they're not endorsing her like new stupid book where she just talks about how people are mean to her online because she speaks the truth or whatever nonsense you know anyway so if you like any of those things check those folks out and as for us we'll see you next time thanks everybody thanks everyone